Welcome to Finish Well Radio, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome to Finish Well Radio. I'm your host, Meredith Curtis, and I'm so excited that you're here. And my friend Laura is with me, and I'm so excited that we're doing this show together because we're going to talk about something that we have done together since the year 2000, of course, 18 years ago. So this is a tradition that we share together. So I hope that you will really, really enjoy the ideas. And then we're going to talk about some other ways that you can make Christmas more meaningful. So I want to take you back in time. It was probably like 2005, 2006, maybe 2002. But anyway, we are at the beach And we are on our Christmas Eve traveling dinner, and we finish playing down by the water. It's kind of a cloudy day, you know? And so we decided, okay, let's go eat. So we climbed up the stairs, and we are sitting in the little picnic area at New Smyrna Beach, and a lady is collecting garbage. And, you know, we say Merry Christmas. She says Merry Christmas. And then she said, I hope you guys know a tornado just touched down two miles up the beach. (laughs) So we're looking at each other like, okay, what kind of tradition are we doing here at the Christmas traveling dinner? (laughs) So with that, Laura, take it away. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's start back at the beginning of traveling dinner. It started when my husband and I actually lived in Virginia with our children. I think our youngest one wasn't even a year old yet, so that made my children like one, two, four, and six. And we decided, well, I decided we needed to have a tradition that's just fun and something that the kids can really understand about the first Christmas and why we celebrate this. And so I thought about what happened on the days leading up to the first Christmas, and I thought about Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem and how while they were doing that, they didn't have McDonald's to stop at and grab a bite to eat on their way. They had to bring their food with them and basically sit down in the sand and have a meal when it was time to eat. And I thought, well, why can't we do that? Why don't we have a picnic? In Virginia, it's not exactly picnic weather in December usually. So our traveling dinner started in the living room, and we spread out a blanket, and I had cooked meat earlier in the day, probably a a chicken. And when it was cold, I broke all the meat off and put it in a bag and I cut up vegetables and fruits and chunks of bread or crackers. And we had it all in bags. And so when daddy came home from work that day, we all sat down and we talked about what Mary and Joseph were doing on the day before Jesus was born and how they had to have their dinner that night in a picnic form. And so we also had our dinner in a picnic form that time. And and that is where it all began. My husband and I and our little ones knew her in Virginia Beach before we moved down to Florida. And we were more acquaintance friends than friend friends. Like we didn't really hang out, but we did know each other. We did visit together. When they moved to Florida, they became part of our lives and we became very close family friends. 
And so the first year that they were down here, it was Christmas time, and we were talking, and she asked me, so what do you do for Christmas Eve? And I said, well, my tradition was that we made this huge Christmas Eve dinner, and then on Christmas Day, my husband's tradition is another huge dinner, and I was not saying it on the outside, but on the inside, I was thinking, fixing two huge Christmas dinners is a lot of work for mom. And so she said, well, on Christmas Eve, we have a traveling dinner. And I said, oh, my goodness, that sounds fun. Tell me about it. So she told me the story of how they started it and why they did it. And then she said, do you want to come with us? And so on behalf of my entire family, without checking with them first, I said, yes, we'd love to. And so then I came home and I told my family, guess what I committed us to? And they were like, what? What? What about our tradition? I have I have folks in my family, and I won't say who they are, but they are really committed to tradition, and they do not like change. So they were mortified, and I said, but I've committed. Oh, honey, you can't do that. Mom, you can't do that. So my family was not super, super excited to go to that first one. They were all a little bit mad at me. And so we headed out on the first traveling dinner. We went to New Smyrna Beach. And it happened to be unusually cold for Central Florida. So we got to the beach and we were very cold. Luckily, we had brought blankets along and coats. And so we were bundling up. There we are at the beach, freezing cold, bundled in our blankets, and the youngest children were having a blast running around trying to warm up, and everybody older than the age of five was miserable. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure the looks I was getting from the Curtis family were, how could you do this to us? What kind of crazy idea is this anyway? And we had even brought some singles from the church with us, too. So it wasn't just our two families. And we have this funny picture of the whole group of us. And we're all wearing multiple layers and blankets and and holding babies because they're so cold out there. And as soon as we got the picture done, everybody was like, Let's just go home and eat there. We can't take this anymore. And they were miserable. But as soon as we were done eating back at the house, everybody said, that was so fun. We should do this every year. And I looked at my kids. What? Is that you? Is that my complainers all the way down to the beach? Oh, Mom, we loved it. Why did you think we didn't love it? (laughs) And so, thus started our first traveling dinner together, bundled and cold, but having a lot of laughs and a lot of fun, and it began our tradition. So, that was something that we continued year after year. We didn't always go to the beach But every time we did go, we brought finger food and we were, Laura was like, it has to be finger food. And I think she's relaxed on that in (laughs) recent years. And, but I, you know, I was committed with her because I mean, what are Mary and Joseph going to do? Stop at McDonald's on the way to Bethlehem? They had to have food that they could just eat on the road. So we would bring finger food, like we would make turkeys and hams and slice them and put them in bags 
And we would bring hot chocolate in thermoses. We would bring raw vegetables and dip and fruit, anything that you could pick up, you know, appetizer type things. We had bread. People could make sandwiches. So that's the kind of thing that we, we brought with us. We also always brought blankets. And if we went to parks or if we went to the beach, we would bring like frisbees and footballs and things that you could use for games. And then we would wear whatever we needed to wear, always bringing a jacket, because even if it's warm in the daytime in Florida, by the time night hits in in December, it's it's usually gets a little chilly for us. We're not like super, super <laughs> cold weather people, either one of us. But anyway, so that's kind of, you know, what we started doing. We've gotten more elaborate in what we bring now. You know, we used to be able to bring just, you know, each of us a cooler and maybe some chairs. But now you see us coming. We have games that we bring. <laughs> we have, um, and so we we come with a lot more stuff. But it's still it's still the basic idea. You will notice that we didn't make any attempt to try to replicate the kinds of foods that Mary and Joseph ate. That was never part of this. We often try to make educational opportunities out of every event, but we did not do it in the food in that in this event. We do other things, but the food is just the traditional foods that we all love at Christmas time in our families, but with a, a more casual, easy to flow with form of them. Like Meredith had said earlier, it is a lot on mom to try to put together a lot of formal dinners through the season. And so this takes a little pressure off whoever's doing the cooking. And the fun thing about doing it together with another family is we got to share the cooking. So, you know, everybody made their signature cookie and some meat. And, you know, we took turns sharing all the, the sides at that point. One year, we decided to try out this lovely park about a half hour to 45 minutes, depending on how you drive, um, from our house um, called Crane's Roost. And if you are familiar with the Central Florida area, you know what that park is. And it's it's really neat. It's a lake, and all the way around the lake is a, a wooden boardwalk that you could take a, a stroll around the entire lake. And there are restaurants and other businesses around the lake, too. But then there's picnic areas and they have at one end of the one end of the the lake, they have all these great big boulders that kind of form some kind of a. I don't know if it was supposed to be an artistic statement of these big boulders tumbling into the water or what it was, but it looks really neat. And wow, it's so inviting to children to climb on. And um, we found out when we were there that apparently that's discouraged and having your picnic on the boulders is not acceptable. And um, so you live and learn. (laughs) And so, you know, we highly recommend that when you're going to have a a traveling dinner or a picnic of any kind, you want to be familiar with where you're going and and uh, make sure that you're not breaking rules at state parks and things like that because they frown upon that. But the neat thing about what we ended up doing, we found a, a, a wide spot in the boardwalk. So it was kind of a, a it might have been intended to be a picnic area or just a gathering place. We set up there and before the sun went down our children discovered that if you look between the slats of the wood 
boardwalk, you could see these giant fish. <laughs> so, and of course, looking over the sides as well. So like these little fish saw that we were dropping crumbs because, you know, crackers and bread have cr- a lot of crumbs. And so they were coming around and all of her children were having so much fun with, oops, I dropped another crumb. <laughs> so they kept feeding the fish while we were trying to do our traveling dinner. That was a special one that sticks out in our memories, just going down there and, and having it. I mean, it was really special and we really liked it. But then again, there were things about having it on the boardwalk just seemed, for our kids, our family, it seemed limited and just a little off. They didn't they didn't particularly want to keep doing it there, but they were really glad that we did do it there. So, you know, that happens sometimes if you're trying out different places. So that was that was one year. Another year was an interesting one, 2004, because that year we had three hurricanes. And our lovely new Smyrna Beach, where we always tend to go, you park in a parking lot. There's like a little park area with a playground and picnic tables and bathrooms and things like that. And then you take these wooden stairs down to the beach. And down on the beach, you have a lot of beach to the water. Well, that year... We got there and everything was just missing. So many things had been destroyed from the hurricanes because the last hurricane had been in November and um, just stairs gone and, and buildings a mess and so much of our beach gone. It's now been rebuilt, but it, it was just kind of like, you know, kind of sad And so we went, and we went to another section of New Smyrna, the more touristy section, and we were walking around there, but even there, like, a lot of buildings demolished, a lot of the beach missing, and so we didn't stay long, and we just decided, we'll go back to the house, and we'll eat dinner there. So we did that after taking, of course, several pictures, but it was kind of an interesting experience because we didn't plan it to be educational just like we didn't plan you know at crane's roost for the fish to show up but they did but it it really stuck in our kids minds the after effects of the hurricane because it basically changed a place that we go to all the time because by the time summer came next year it was pretty much back to normal not all the way but pretty much and so that was kind of a neat thing to see the change from the hurricane on our special traveling dinner beach. (laughs) It was kind of wild going and seeing when we were at a section that we were allowed to go down on the sand at all, what had been a very long, gradual slope to the water was suddenly very flat away from the water for a little ways, not nearly as long as it had been, and then these cliffs that it had eroded away a lot of the sand, but then where it stopped eroding was a very abrupt place. And they had to have been 20 feet tall. We've got pictures of people, and these cliffs are two to three times their height. We don't have cliffs in Florida, so that was that pretty was striking. It was exciting, but I was it was just so bizarre to see that. We're glad it doesn't happen often. <laughs> that was our experience with post-hurricanes at the traveling dinner What we did with our traveling dinners is to make it really stand out why we're doing this. We decided to pull out the Curtis family devotions, 
which we have available at joyfulandsuccessfulhomeschooling.com on the free ebooks page. So if you want to check that out and get those, I think they start on December 16th and they go into the new year. And there's a little reading, some questions for different age groups so even young children can participate some singing of great Christmas carols. And so I encourage you to check that out. So we pull those books out. We have enough for everybody to have their own. And we open up, and because we've done it every year, sometimes we don't read the Christmas Eve devotional. Sometimes we move into a different day, but that's entirely up to your family. What you want to do, you could do your own version of just reading the Christmas story and sharing about why Mary and Joseph were out in the middle of nowhere with no Cracker Barrel or any other fun restaurant to eat at. And you talk about what was coming and the anticipation that was probably in the air. And and you sing carols. And you don't have to sing the ones that we've picked out. You can think of your own um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I mean, that's the night that it happened. And so... You could pick all of your favorite Christmas carols, whatever you like. We have a lot of fun with it. We have a lot of singers and worshipers in, in our group of our two families. And so it's that's a highlight for all of us. One thing that's been really fun is to, you know, see how people around us respond to hearing us sing. And sometimes people will hear us sing on our little picnic benches at a park or the beach, and they'll stop and just listen Sometimes people have walked up and even kind of stood around to join us as we're doing that. Another place that we really love to go, besides the beach, one of our most popular places we go is a park called Gemini Springs Park. In Central Florida, there's a lot of natural springs, and so parks have been built around those springs. And this one, of course, is the same thing. There's there's some natural springs there. And so there's some beautiful pavilions with tables. And then there's big open fields. And one thing we love about Gemini Springs Park is the, the kids, as they've gotten older, have enjoyed sports more. So they'll play football or they'll play soccer or they'll play cornhole, bring the cornhole boards. And so there's usually a lot of activity when we go to Gemini Springs in the big open field. So that's been a really fun place for us to go. And one thing I love about going to Gemini Springs is there's a long, long trail where you can walk through the woods. And so there's always people going off to walk and to talk. And sometimes in our busy lives, as our kids have gotten older, we don't see, they don't see each other as much. Laura and I see each other all the time, but sometimes our kids, it's a chance for them to reconnect. So everybody kind of gets busy with their own lives. So that's been, that's been really neat going on walks and connecting. Now we keep talking a lot about what we did for the traveling dinner, but I know I've lived in many different states throughout my life and Most states have parks, and many communities have parks, too, or sports complexes that make great places for doing something like this. When I lived in Maine, we had this outstanding sports complex just down the street from our house. They don't play a whole lot of soccer in Maine in December, so it wasn't used for sporting events. So that would be a park you could go to to have something like this if you were going to try to do it yourself. As we were going along having this traveling dinner, it didn't take us very long to look around us and think, 
so-and-so would have a lot of fun with this as well. And they don't have anything else to do. You know, a single or a person who their children have grown up and moved out. And we've, we've always had people at our church and in our circle of friends who might be alone on Christmas Eve for whatever reason. And so those were the first people that it occurred to us to invite and come join us. And it's so funny because one of the young singles that used to come with us got married. And so then her and her husband were coming with us and then they had children. And so now their whole family comes with us and it's just assumed that they're part of the family and we're all doing our traveling dinner together. And whenever my kids have those moments where, Oh, I miss the days when it was just us. I just think about Mary and Joseph weren't alone when they were marching off down to Bethlehem. Their extended family and everybody else that had to go to Bethlehem was around them. They were not isolated. And so having our friends come with us makes it more like what they were experiencing. And if that's the point to point out what Mary and Joseph were experiencing, then I think we should invite everybody. And one year we did just that. We invited the entire church to come with us to Gemini Springs and everybody brought food and we had so much fun and all the group pictures had to be divided up like the guys, the old guys, the young guys, because there were so many people. We couldn't fit everybody in. (laughs) There was a lot of people. There were a lot of people that year. When you said that, Laura, it reminded me of when last year's traveling dinner, we we went to the beach again, and it was beautiful because the sun was setting while we were sitting at the picnic tables eating just a beautiful, beautiful sunset. But one of the ladies who's joined us every year, her son was visiting from Georgia, and he was he had come down alone, and but his wife had just had a miscarriage, and they were feeling... So, so sad and just wondering where was God in all this. And so Laura and I also that same year last summer, we lost a grandchild to a miscarriage. And so we had Zach and Kate. Zach is Laura's son. Kate is my daughter. And they were sharing with this young man what they had been through. And unfortunately, another set of friends had also had a miscarriage. And they were there. And so these two couples were just sharing how God had ministered to them through this miscarriage. And it really was just amazing because this young man was just hungry for words of life. And there we were just celebrating Christmas. And yet then the Lord opens this door for ministry. Well, what really blesses my heart is that Christmas is coming up again. And this young man and his wife have a baby. We have a new granddaughter that God bless Zach and Kate with. And then Sarah and Mike also have a new baby. So there's, you know, last year had been talking about loss. But then this year, three new babies. That's so exciting. And so, you know, there are just so many memories related to the traveling dinner that we have that are really special. And so as as we're talking about all this, you'll notice that we love the traveling dinner tradition. It's kind of a different one. We had never heard of it. But if you're interested and you want to start your own traveling dinner, it is so easy to do. And you just need to talk it up with your family, get them on board. 
and then pick a place that you'll travel to. If the weather's crazy, you can travel to an inside place. You don't have to travel to an outside place. Remember what Laura did for her first one. They just traveled to the living room, you know, and so it doesn't have to be really far. The idea is that, you know, especially with little ones, you're pretending that you're just like Mary and Joseph and you're traveling to Bethlehem. And so it's especially awesome if you're pregnant because then you're just like Mary. (laughs) Moms who are listening. But this is a, a tradition that we started really with little ones in mind. But to be honest with you... Our teenagers loved it as much as when they were teenagers as they did when they're little. And our adult children, one year we thought, well, everyone's grown up. Should we do it this year? And it was Laura's oldest son who said, what? Skip the traveling dinner? No. (laughs) He's in his 20s. (laughs) So it really has become a well-loved tradition in our family. And Laura and I wrote a little book together called Celebrate Christmas with a Traveling Dinner, and it's just a simple book with how we've done it and some memories from the past traveling dinners, and then a bunch of recipes that we have taken with us to the traveling dinner. And um, so if you're interested, Celebrate Christmas with a Traveling Dinner, you can find that at Powerline Prod. And we'll have a link. If you look at the show notes, you can see the, um, you'll see a link there that you can follow if you would like a copy for your family. But you don't even need to get the book. You can go do your own traveling dinner and it can have your own style. So I hope that you will really consider this Christmas um, starting a tradition like that. Maybe the traveling dinner or maybe something else that would make Christmas more meaningful for you and your family. When we're trying to think of new traditions or old traditions that we want to take up, you always want to think about what would be the purpose of it. A big formal Christmas dinner on Christmas Day as a tradition, what would be the purpose of that? Well, for a lot of people, the purpose is this is what we've done since the time of Charles Dickens and Tiny Tim and the Christmas Carol. But there's more to it than that. God calls us to celebrate with sweet drinks and meats. And and so that's that really is the purpose where it goes back to of having one of these big feasts on Christmas Day. You're celebrating the birth of Christ and you're taking this opportunity God gave us this amazing gift, so I'm giving you a gift. And so you can give out gifts as part of this big formal dinner. That's why we give out gifts on Christmas morning is in honor of this great gift that God gave us. So you look at the Christmas story and you pull out different parts of that Christmas story and you can make a tradition centered around that, then it's a very meaningful tradition. And those are the ones I think that last the longest. Sometimes the meaning gets lost. It's true. But if you sit down and look at it, you can find the meaning again. And so whether you're starting new traditions for your family or whether you're just continuing on traditions from your childhood as you go into adulthood and your older years and your children are aging into adulthood as well, Look at those traditions and ask yourself, ask your family, why do we do this? Let's look at what goes back. How is this celebrating Christ? Because if it's not celebrating Christ, what really is the point? There are so many different things you might want to try 
if you've never thought of them before. One thing is, of course, if you're from a more traditional church background, they often will celebrate Advent, and you can get an Advent wreath, and there are devotions that go along with Advent wreaths, and, and you light a candle each of the four Sundays that precede Christmas. We did something uh, kind of as a countdown to Christmas when my kids were little. We had a big felt Christmas tree, and I made little felt ornaments that went along with it. And each day we read something about the Christmas story, and then we put the ornament up on the Christmas tree. There's also another tradition called the Jesse tree, And that follows a set of devotions from the Garden of Eden all the way through Scripture to see the coming of the Redeemer, Jesus. And that's a really special, a special one, too. So there are a lot of different devotional type of traditions. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's what the Bible tells us. So one thing that we can really do to celebrate Jesus's birthday is to serve others. And there are so many things you can do. The angel tree where there's stores you can walk walk in and they have Christmas trees and attached to the tree are little ornaments that are really just the name of different families that need gifts and you can purchase gifts for that family. So that's something. Another tradition that we've done as a church is to buy gifts for baby Jesus and then we collect the gifts at the front of the church like people will buy blankets and baby clothes and things like that and then we take all those gifts to a crisis pregnancy center so that we can be giving to the poor and the needy and the people just as Jesus came to serve and to give his life, then we can remember him by giving to others. So there are so many different things to do. And I hope that um, you'll share your ideas with us. You can make comments on our show page um, and let us know what your Christmas traditions are. We'd love to hear about them. We thank you so much for being with Laura and I. I know that I really treasure her. And as Christmas comes around, It's family and friends and Jesus, and that is really, we celebrate with our family and friends the amazing message that Jesus loved us so much that he came to this earth and took on human flesh. He laid aside his glory, and so I hope that you will have a blessed, blessed Christmas this year, and you will enjoy the love of Jesus. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Radio with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Radio Network.